Welcome to the interview show. This is Scott Wood, your host. I'm standing in a doorway of the Biltmore. One side's echoey, the other side's outside, so that's the weird soundscape I'm inhabiting. But I get to talk to Chris Bayo from the Project Bayo and another project. I'd love it if you could introduce yourself. Hi, I'm Chris. I have my Project Bayo, and I'm part of another project called Vampire Weekend. So, Chris, how's your day been? It's been good. Uh, just sound checked. Uh, I was here once five years ago, and I DJed, and it was fun. So I'm coming in with moderate to high expectations of a good show tonight. You're in Canada, of course, and you are a big-time Rangers fan. I would love you to geek out for a moment about the Rangers. Gosh. Well, they haven't been doing as well. They opened the season so, so well. I mean, I just love Hank. I would love to meet Hank. That would be... uh, I'm not that, like, reverent or, or, uh, like... Like, I wouldn't be starstruck by that many uh, athletes. Very few. But if I met Hank and, like, basked in his aura, that would be uh, incredible. But I would be pretty tongue-tied. Remember, we're on the West Coast now. We so rarely play East Coast anymore. Oh, uh, Henrik Lundqvist. Yeah, yeah. Uh, King King Henrik. <laughs> I think that we should play a Bayo track. I'm going to play Sister of Pearl. For people who've never heard this project before, how about you prepare them for the song? The song is a throwback feel-good pop song. I just was trying my damnedest to write something catchy. Earworms galore. I hope I succeeded.
Master of Pearl I wouldn't change you for the world your host you just heard sister of pearl off the record the names by a guy named bayo bayo i'd love you to tell me a little bit about writing this track so some songs on my record took a really really long time and it was a bit like trying to solve a really difficult puzzle the title track the names it was about five years from when i had the original ideas for it to when i finished i just kept trying different things sister of pearl came together in one afternoon sitting at home in front of the piano and I have close to no memory of it almost like I was on a songwriting blackout bender it, it's like I, there's close to no story it, other than that I was rolling and I guess it, it felt and not rolling in the drug sense just like rolling in the sense of making music moments like that where music is just coming out of you they're very hard and, and I think you're always chasing that as a musician it's cool that it happened I guess uh, a couple years ago and that the song's out now you talk about it like it's some sort of rare oasis. You make a lot of music. Yeah, and some of it is is labored. I don't mind it. I, I like working really hard. But the songs that are really easy, I think that might be the only one. Bayo, most people might know you as the bass player for Vampire Weekend. I'm going to get you to tell me the origin story of Bayo in a second. But before you tell me that story, I'd love you to tell me your favorite Vampire Weekend track, and I'm going to play it in the background. You know, it changes from uh, year to year. As of right now, I would say my favorite Vampire Weekend track is Yahe. And uh, that was on our last record, Modern Vampires of the City. It's really fun to play. I think that the production from Ross Seminarial on that track is incredible. I think Ezra's lyrics are incredible. I think CT's drumming's incredible. And I think I did okay on bass. In the dark of this place, there's the glow of your face. There's the dust on the screen of this broken machine. origin of Bayo, the project. I was trying, I, I basically was a, a man with frustration in my life. I had ideas for sounds, but I didn't know the first thing about how to make sounds uh, in the sense of being a producer. I was a bass player, I got to travel the world and play music, but I didn't feel like I really knew how to express myself musically in a way that made me happy. So I started learning 
Whenever I was home, I would just sit in front of the computer and record music. It started out very bad, and it got to a place where I didn't think it was bad anymore. I also DJed a lot. I did college radio where I'd play music for zero to three people at 2 a.m. on Wednesday nights. That's where I really learned and, and I guess kind of developed my taste. And there was a rent-a-DJ program where you'd go and DJ student events, and I always liked DJing. So around the time that I was learning to produce... I was DJing a lot and playing out a lot. And basically, when you DJ a lot, you start to think, oh, I love these two songs. I wish the perfect song exists that could bridge them in a DJ set. A lot of the time, the best thing you can do is make that track. So I um, started working on what became my first EP called Sunburn, which was three songs and came out on Greco-Roman, a really great label. At that point, I, I, I knew how to make something that I liked, which uh, I guess would have been the first challenge. The next step was to make something with my singing on it that I liked. And that, I would say, took another three years. And um... Okay, hold up. Do you know what I'm going to do at this point? Because you brought up the first EP right now, I think that we should play a track. I'm going to play Sunburn Modern. That's one of the tracks off the Sunburn EP. So to prepare people to hear this track, how about you tell them a bit about it? This was a very difficult song for me to make because it was the first one that I ever finished. And uh, really, it's kind of the sound of me learning how to make a song and uh tonight i'm gonna play my third show on this tour and uh this tour is the first time uh we've been playing it live george my guitarist and i and it has been a true delight to play that song it's been like getting a hug from an old friend uh these past couple nights
Welcome back to the interview show. This is Scott Wood, your host. You just heard the song Sunburn Modern off the Sunburn EP by Bayo, who's been sort of tracing the origin of this band. So this is a song off the first EP, no vocals. You're learning to do this project. Please pick up the story. I knew eventually I'd want to write pop songs. I'd want to write songs with verses and choruses. And uh, the challenge there is you need to have both lyrics and a vocal performance. And I started writing melodies, started having ideas, but I didn't know if I would ever be able to sing them and record them in a way that I liked. And I just kept trying. I tried grunting and, and, and enunciating and using different parts of my voice every day sitting in front of that computer with a microphone trying different things and it took a really long time before I got to a point where I could cobble together a vocal performance that I like. When it happened, when it finished, that would have been you know summer 2014 and basically looked down and had a record on my hands. I was reading that in the period in between the Sunburn EP and the current record, The Names, that you had to learn a sense of when something's done. I'd love you to talk more about that because I think that's something that all creatives struggle with. I think that it is ultimately a feeling. And this is something that I realized maybe two or three years ago. It's the answer to the question of when is something done. The truth is something is done when the person who decides whether or not that thing is done decides that it's done. Because it's all just a state. Um, It's all subjective. It's a process. And it's about the feeling of the creator, I guess. And i got to jump in and be devil's advocate. You have a successful day job. You could tinker with these songs until the day you die, for argument's sake. So, then this is very, this, I, I'm glad, I appreciate that. And I took a course on mixing and mastering when I was learning how to produce. And the teacher got to this point of like, when is something done? And he said, every minute you spend on one project is a minute you're not spending on another project. We all have finite time on this planet, and there's only so much music you'll get to make in your life. And that's something that I take to heart. And I know when I've explored something that I want to explore and when I've achieved what I've set out to do at the beginning of making a track, and it really is a feeling. And um, I guess the more music that I produce, the more music that I make, the more confident I feel in knowing that I have that feeling. I think that we should play another Bayout track. I'm going to play The Names, which is the title track off the new record. How about you tell me about the fact that this track, this album, is named after a book? Yeah, so I found out in my mid-20s that the town I grew up in, Bronxville, New York, which is uh, just a bit north of New York City, uh, was where the writer Don DeLillo lived and wrote his books from the early 80s until a couple years ago. Some people are not going to know who he is, so you're going to have to explain He's a guy who wrote a book called White Noise. That's probably his biggest hit. And another book called Underworld. He uh, got many literary awards. Uh, he's known for writing paranoid fiction and being uh, prophetic. It's a word that's used to describe his writing. And his language I find stunning. I can open up any page of any book he's written and just like take in the language word for word. It's safe to say he's considered one of the great living American writers. And for me, having grown up in proximity to one of the great American writers 
and having no idea of it, it just uh, struck me. It was a very powerful feeling, that proximity. I read all his books in kind of a rapid succession around like five or six years ago, and I knew that if I ever were to make a solo album, it would be called The Names. Uh, because I loved the book, I thought it was a very evocative title, and it was also a universal title. Everyone has a relation to names one way or another. That universality is something that I love about it. All right, well, let's hear this song. It's The Names off the record, The Names. I can do it Like the one you'd never want I can mend it Sinister like his last thought He played his hand You needed time You found your place when you fell behind You can make it the debut full-length from Bayo. You said the song was inspired by an author that lives in the town where you grew up. Since you're both big names in American culture, have you thought of emailing him the song? I, uh, I don't consider myself a big name in American culture, <laughs> uh, but I, that's, you're the first person to ever say that, so I find that... A, apparently, he doesn't use email. I've read interviews with him. There are some people where uh, you... it's maybe better not to meet them someone that you're really obsessed with I don't really know what I would say to go up to him and be like oh I read all your books I've read every single novel you've written I don't think I would I would think I would just be kind of a nervous mess 
And three or four years ago, I was at a reading in New York, and um, a photographer who had photographed Vampire Weekend was there and came up to me and was like, oh, hey, how's it going? I, I, you know, we met this time before. And I'm like, oh, I'm a big fan of Don DeLillo. And he's like, hey, do you want me to introduce you? I photographed him many times. Um, so I had, uh, I had an in. I had the opportunity. And I looked uh, this photographer in the eye and said, no, I don't want to. I really appreciate that offer. But uh, I'm just, it's, I, I, think I, would, um, I think it would just be awkward for me. I like admiring him from afar. I completely get it. You could just slightly pass him a USB thumb drive. I don't know what he'd do, <laughs> do with it. Anyhow, you've got a day job. Vampire Weekend's the day job. You were in bands before Vampire Weekend as well, so you've had a lot of experience. What's one thing you wouldn't do for this project? I'll ask it this way. What's a rookie mistake you made in the past you'll never make again? Eating a big old meal right before you play and feeling like a hot mess on stage. I think that um, thinking about when you eat and what you eat before you play, that's something you learn uh, the more time you spend in the game and you don't want to be like chowing down on a sloppy joe five minutes before you go on stage because not only are you going to feel terrible and disgusting, you're going to let down the people who came to see you play and uh, I think that's a a performer's worst nightmare. When I met you, you were eating hummus in the backstage, so that is okay to eat. Yeah! <laughs> Hell yeah! So, before Vampire Weekend, as I said, you fronted other bands. Everyone knows you as the basis of Vampire Weekend. Here, you're the front man, so is it like riding a bike? Well, interesting you ask. I never learned how to ride a bike, so I'm not... Uh, entitled to use riding a bike as a simile or a metaphor uh, because I don't know what that's like. Um, <laughs> I enjoy it uh, and I haven't found the like transition to be uh, too intimidating or too difficult. Um, I find honestly like DJing in some situations to be uh, a bit scarier than singing and it has to do with the physicality. When you're DJing, you're playing one song and you're queuing up the next song. And a lot of the time, there's like four minutes where you're doing a task that takes about 30 seconds. That means there's three and a half minutes where there's literally nothing for you to do. Uh, I sway side to side, I groove, but I'm not really performing in the sense that like playing bass or singing is. And there's sometimes where like, uh, people are just kind of watching it like it's a performance that that's a bit more challenging for me sometimes i guess uh, I, I like singing i don't mind acting like a fool and embarrassing myself i love doing karaoke and uh this is like my opportunity to do karaoke of something i made so i think that's cool all right i think that it's time to listen to another track i'm gonna play endless rhythm off the names can you introduce that track for the listeners Yes, this song is called Endless Rhythm. It's uh, probably my second favorite on the record, and it was inspired by moving to London, feeling the sky in a way that was different from feeling the sky in New York, and seeing a painting by Robert Delaunay that uh, is in the Tate Modern in London. So, uh, hope you like it. I came to 
Rhythm off the record, the name is by a guy named Bayo. I'm standing halfway between an echoey hallway and a traffic ridden street. Chris is nice enough to stand here with me because he'd rather be eating hummus, but I'd love you to tell me about writing the track Endless Rhythm. So I was in, I was home in London, had two great friends from New York were staying with my wife and I, and uh, a great thing to do is to take people from out of town to Tate Modern, the Modern Art Museum uh, along the Thames. And I was looking at some art, and I just got very drawn to a painting. And I stared at it for maybe five or ten minutes. After taking it in, I was like, all right, what's this painting called? And it's called Endless Rhythm. And I thought, hey, that's pretty cool. That's a musical title for a painting. And it got me thinking a little bit about how people interact with art, how sometimes something will move you and you don't necessarily know why, and how that can be also kind of a beautiful thing. And so I thought I would write a song about that relationship, that relationship between people and art and uh, the emotion of it, I guess. And that's uh, what the song's about a bit. I also was kind of writing it from the perspective of making um, art. It was the last song I wrote for the record. I knew I needed one more pop song on the album for what I wanted the record to be, and it wasn't coming. And that's kind of where the lyric, I can wait for you, comes from. Because, you know, if it were up to me, I'd get up every morning and write a song that I really liked, but I find it can be a bit more fickle than that. And uh, I liked the idea that it had a bit of a romantic overtone, uh, but I'm kind of just singing about waiting for a song to come to finish my album. Yeah, it's a song that I'm really happy with, happy with how it came out. Last question. I'd love to ask you what your favorite side project is by a person who has a nine-to-five music job. You know, that is a great question, and I would love to comb through everything. Uh, So, Fortet is one of my favorite producers on the planet, and he puts out tracks that are a bit different in vibe than Fortet under the name Percussions. And there was a track called KHLHI that he put out um, like a year and a half ago. And it's one of my favorite tracks that's come out in the last five years, and it's something that I play almost every time I DJ. And uh, I actually went to uh, a club called Ronda in uh, LA and saw Cut Copy DJ this past summer. And they played it, and what was really cool is that when the bass line comes in on the track, which is like a minute in, it's just drums before the bass comes in, the whole crowd started applauding and like whooping. And as a bass player, when a bass line gets introduced and people are uh, applauding it on a dance floor, I think that's like an incredible accomplishment of a track. 
there have been times when I've played it since then where the exact same thing has happened. And it's just something, you know, groove, it's about that relationship between drum and bass. And when they're both together and it, like, really works, that's a beautiful thing. Chris, thank you very much for spending some time with me this evening. At the end of the show, I let the artist pick one of their own tracks to play. What do you choose for us to listen to? I will play, to say goodnight, uh, Scarlet, which is the last song on my album. Uh, I bet that happens pretty frequently, but uh, it's sort of the end of the names and the end of our time together, guys. Thank you very much for being on my show. Thank you for having me. This was really, really fun. You're so sweet to say that.
the last thing I'd love you to do is say hi. My name is, I guess, Bayo. Yeah. And you're listening to The Interview Show with Scott Wood. Hi, this is Bayo, and you're listening to The Interview Show with Scott Wood.